Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This is Boardcast News for September 15th. My name is Matt, and joining me on the cast today is my lovely co-host, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. Look at that, no lag. You did it, <laughs> Tiff. <laughs> yes, the first 15 minutes of the podcast has been successful. I'm going to keep this brief today. That sounds good. Because we're recording late at night. So. I'm tired, and things could get real nonsensical if you let it go too long. And we would, wouldn't would dare live up to our namesake. It's Never. the most nonsensical thing about us. I'm serious. All right, well, then I'll carry it on for an hour and a half, and we'll see what happens to Tiff. <laughs> All right, let's go. Rapid fire social media reminder. You can find us on Facebook.com slash The League of Nonsensical Gamers. Check us out on YouTube by searching for The League of Nonsensical Gamers to see Tiff's wonderful contributions to the YouTube channel, as well as our live shows and some playthroughs. Join us on the BGG Guild, number 2077. You can reach that by going to guild.nonsensicalgamers.com. Join the conversation over there, or find us on places like Twitter and Instagram, because we spend a lot of time over there. Tiff, my beloved Tiff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, Matt. As we share this late night moment together. Do you remember when there was no board game news? What? Do you remember just when when the news was slow and there wasn't a lot going on? Do you remember oh, right. those times? I was like last week. Yeah, I miss those times, Tiff. Now there's, it's crazy. There's too much stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. So let's let's not jump that right much in. good stuff. So well, it's fine. Hey, we'll see. <laughs> I got a few things lined up for you that might surprise you. Let's take a look. Okay. At the news. <laughs> First up, we have some game announcements, and we will start with IDW, and there are two new game announcements. The first is Starfall, which will be coming in November. It is a 30-minute, two-to-four player game from Scott Alms, and it, thematically, you are racing to discover the most space stuff. I didn't know how to describe planets and stars and galaxies. Oh, I thought that that was like a resource in the game. Space stuff. Yeah, space stuff. Scott Alms is just not getting very creative anymore. No, it's it's like, uh, I didn't know if it was like cosmic things or celestial junk. Couldn't think of a good way to describe it. <laughs> celestial junk, I like that. Yeah, That's yeah. funny. So, space stuff. Uh, it looks pretty neat. It's one of those games that is, in terms of theme, not a very common theme. You know, stargazing, telescope viewing. Matt, I got bad news for you. Oh, lag. When you said stargazing, it sounded like this stargazing. Is that bad? You think that's bad? It didn't. It didn't sound like that on my end. I know, but it sounded like that on my end. I think we're okay now, but. Well, my recording's good. Okay. Maybe. Well, let's keep on going. <laughs> You're editing this week, right? (laughs) Uh, I guess so. Next up is IDW's announcement, Escape from 100 Million BC, coming in October from Kevin Wilson. This is a one to six player game that will run you about two hours. And the theme of the game, what you're trying to do is you're trying to reassemble your time machine uh, in the Cretaceous period, I believe without triggering any kind of butterfly effect. So you're hanging out with dinosaurs, a little time travel blast from the past, and you're trying not to mess anything up as you look for the pieces of your time machine. 
One to six players, two hours is worrisome, though. Two hours is worrisome. Time travel is always a tricky one for board games. I'm curious about it because I've tried every time travel board game out there, and I've only liked, like, maybe one and a half of them. Well, it, it does look nice. The production looks cool. I'm interested in it. IDW's kind of, in my mind, all over the place. Like, I don't know that they're in my collection the most reliable like i'm not always grabbing every idw game that comes out but kevin wilson's been around the block sounds like it could be a cool game take a look at i just i i like to skip games that host too many players i can't handle it anymore i can't handle i don't really play any games that would take like other than your party games yeah i would like to play most games at three that's fair a nice trio Yes. I just, as a person who plays games and tries to experience as much as possible, I feel obligated to try it at six players, which I do not like that feeling. You don't, you shouldn't feel obligated to do that. It's like torturing yourself. I feel like I'm wasting part of the game that I'm paying for, though. That's a real crazy way of looking at it. Like, you're going to torture yourself with what's most likely the most painful player count. Well, why make it six players if it's not playable? Because that's marketable. I don't, not, not to me. Well, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I think the crux of this conversation is that you're weird. Oh, well, the, most conversations end that way. Let's move right along then. Upper Deck has my latest insta-buy, the Legendary Encounters Alien Expansion, which should be coming out this month at some point. More cards, Tiff, for the old Legendary Encounters Alien deck building game. And a whole new nice final playmat. Maybe neoprene, I'm not sure. That you get to play, use to play as the queen. I'm into Haven't it. Haven't you always wanted to lay eggs? Ugh. I mean, that's pretty much all she does in Aliens. Right. And then she, well, I guess she fights Ripley. When you put it that way, I really don't want to play as the queen. I want to stay away from eggs as much as possible. She's pretty fierce, though. She's cool. Yeah. She's a good villain. Classic <laughs> sci-fi villain. I'm excited about it, and I will yeah. be insta-buying it as well. And if anyone else is as big an Aliens fan as me, you can now get the Ripley and Queen Funko Pop figures, which will be added to my collection for sure. Can't wait. It's a six-inch pop, the Queen. It's a jumbo one. Oh, I love those jumbo pops. We should start a spinoff pop podcast. Does anybody have one of those yet? I would do that. Okay. We'll talk off air. I would do that. We'll talk off air. Way too many. You just describe them for people who have like an audio fetish about pop figures <laughs> <laughs> like six minutes in and i'm already i've lost it i'm talking about sensual pop podcasts i mean we bring the people what they want right that's definitely what most people want <laughs> <laughs> all right whiz kids has a couple of games coming out i highlighted two of them the first one is called blank white dice i have no idea what this game is actually about well fully i don't i don't understand the point of the game but i do know that the game involves wet erase dice where you write on them as you play and the symbols that you write on them equate to different actions so you're actually kind of building the dice face as you as you go i just don't know what the point of the i don't know what the end game is it it was not described in the article that i read Uh, but it does it's interesting and a new innovative way to interact with some dice nah I'd rather do the Rattlebones dice. The dice, not the game. Yeah, well, I don't know what this game is about since there's no detail on it. But, like, if you're going to do 
dice faces that you change. I mean, are you changing them? Are they so complicated that you need to have it be a write-on situation? It just seems weirdly cumbersome. No, I think it's, I don't know. It seems like it'd be easier than snapping together and unsnapping a bunch of dice. Yeah, but snapping the dice together is fun. It's like a game within itself. Well, some people like to draw little arrows and things like that on their dice, which Fair is enough. perfect for them. However you want to find your bliss is fine. <laughs> the other one that's interesting is actually a Cathala and Montblanc design. It is called Dice Stars. It's about collecting sets of shooting stars via dice. And now we're gets, talking whiz kids. It gets the the award for worst title and worst box art I've ever seen oh. <laughs> as of late. Do you see it, Tiff? Have you have I, you taken I'm, a look? I haven't looked at the All right, I haven't I'll, actually looked at it. Oh my. Oh, I'll wait, let no, you load it up. That's blank white dice. Got it. Yeah, blank All white right. dice. Yeah. Scroll down a little. Oh, well, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's just real literal like it's, it's kind of like Roll for the Galaxy, where they had the the dice floating through the through space. Yeah, it's like shooting stars, and it's shooting dice, and it's a dice game about shooting stars called Dice Stars. It's just very <laughs> like, like I don't know, like they were up too late, and they had to come up with a name, and they couldn't think of anything else. Yeah, it's like the guy who named oranges and just went with the color. Like it just, it's very. <laughs> Very literal. Right. But that's uh, okay. I'm sure it's fun because it's Bruno Cathala and Ludovic Montblanc. Yeah. Montblanc. We don't have Dan here to tell us. I can never say, like, I like saying it, but I'm probably saying it all wrong. It's fine. I love it. We apologize. It it does look interesting. That's of the two, the one that I would be more interested in, especially if it's a nice price point. So we'll see. Next up from AEG, Tiff's favorite gaming company. I don't know about AEG these days. They have so, so much Istanbul. A slew of end of the year stuff. So they have eight epics, which is coming in October from Seiji Kanai. It's a cooperative dice game for up to eight players. Again, weird stuff. It doesn't sound that interesting to me. You're trying to use your device. Uh, you're trying to use your dice. There are red dice and black dice, and you activate abilities and you deal damage to people. And it's got like this Japanese or, or kind of like asian many against a greater evil kind of thing like seven samurai kind of stuff i don't know it oh. it fits his round of games uh next up is treasure lair which actually i take back my comment about dice stars dice stars has the worst name probably treasure lair has some pretty gross box art i'm not a fan but this is a game about it assembling an adventure party of different skill sets to collect various treasure in a dungeon so some treasure piles need a warrior to collect them or a rogue or stealthiness or you know so you're you want a diverse party to try to collect all the treasure that you can i don't know this seems like the underlying theme everyone's talking about how vikings are the new thing but i feel like this uh, ragtag group of adventurers thing is like underlying theme of the the hour I feel like it's coming back around because like dungeon crawls were like a big thing for a while and like there were a lot of those type of games and now it seems like that sort of D&D-ish roguelike thing is becoming a thing again. It It is and I don't know, I, I just don't find it terribly inspired this idea that like oh i need to grab the you know the, a rogue and an archer and a wizard and... Each one will help me get through these doors. I don't know. 
I just don't I don't care. know. I'm weirdly okay with it. I you are I've been thinking about uh, it a lot. You're okay with the strangest things, Tiff. <laughs> Have you are you taking a look at the box art for Treasure Lair? Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about it? I feel like it's real serious looking. It's almost the opposite of... It's like of... old school fantasy, like... Yeah. That need, that I bet there's they should make a calendar with that art. <laughs> that belongs on a calendar. It's like dice stars is literal dice flying through. This is like if... It's still pretty, though. If giants and dragons were real, like the box art of Treasure Lair is going for that. Yeah, it's a real serious feel to it. Okay. All right. I'm okay. I'm all right with it. A not-so-serious flair is the Dice City expansion by Royal Decree, coming out in November. Uh, this is just more stuff for Dice City. They've got, like, a trading component to it. And I didn't realize that Dice City was this popular of a game, because this is their third expansion, I believe. Holy moly. And Have you played Dice City? I played it once. Oh. It's like the, it's like a Machi Koro Plus kind of thing. It's in the same realm. I like it a little bit better, but I... I didn't like it enough to like buy a bunch of expansions and stuff. Hmm. I don't know. It's cutesy. People dig that. I just never had any interest in it. it. It's okay. It's a perfectly fine game. It just didn't... It's not a game that I'm like clamoring for more stuff. Is it wrong that I feel like AEG is putting out a lot of like, yeah, it's an okay game. That's a perfectly fine game. It's an acceptable game. That's what their company name means to me. Well, to be fair, like, what's the last big, great game that AEG put out? Uh, Octodice? That, that's the last big, great game that they put out. <laughs> they put that out Mystic Veil. smash vale, hit. <laughs> right? right, 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 right. But even that, I think, was just, like, an okay game. Yeah, Sleepy the Game never played it. So they did trains. Maybe it's good. I like trains. I do like trains. Yeah. I don't know. I hear automobiles is good. I've heard that from more than one source. Okay. Well, so maybe they're... we're being hard on AG. No, no, no. It's it's a good question, though, because their other big game is Istanbul. And Istanbul, I think, is a fabulous game. But this is their second, maybe third expansion, Letters and Seals, coming out in November. This will add new tiles for more variability, a new postal delivery service uh, system where you can deliver the post for points, an auction house, which I think is kind of cool. You can actually go to the auction house and bid on cards and things like that. I like the gambling aspect of the tea house. So this is kind of the same vein, like a unique mechanic within the game. And then a companion that you carry around with you, but that can actually act independently. So it almost kind of breaks the old Istanbul thing where everyone's got to follow the master around. This is like a rogue that can run around and do whatever he wants. So interesting you know i don't know steve loves this Istanbul, and i gladly play it whenever but i still don't have a copy and it's not really a game that i i go to so i got one on sale but i haven't played it since i got it i got it for super duper cheap at origins two years ago it's it's a solid game i think it's great it's definitely solid i was never like even when it was the hotness i was like yeah i like it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's but a game you're not exactly the queen of enthusiasm are you tiff Oh, I I can be enthusiastic. Ask me about La Isla. I can talk all day about that game. Love it. I'm surprised they haven't expanded that. You guys should, if you haven't yet, buy La Isla. Forget about all these things we're talking about right now. Shut off the podcast. I can't believe you're still preaching that game. I love that game. I have all like right. an in-shrink copy behind me still. I still haven't played it. I mean, I played it, but I still haven't played my copy. Well, that's just sad. Yeah. All Anywho. right. 
What's Rather Dashing up to these days? Rather Dashing isn't usually a company that I go to. Uh, they've got a they've got an expansive line. I think they've got interesting titles, but Tiff, you know, you know how I feel about abstract strategy games. This is a Matt game for sure. I took one look at it and I was like, oh, Matt's gonna insta buy this just because it's so abstract looking. But, and you open it up, it's a beautiful looking game. I think that it's at least that picture does a good job of kind of selling it. I don't know what it'll look like on the board, but uh, it's called Element, and it's a game for two to four players, abstract strategy. What you're trying to do is each player has like a little master pawn and you're trying to use tokens of various elements to surround your opponent's master pawns and the element tokens interact differently depending on how you play them. So an interesting kind of like unique asymmetry to the pieces that you're playing um, that you can manipulate in fun ways in this abstract strategy game. And between this and Eco... That other game that I still I can't get a hold of because it's like sixty bucks and mm. that's expensive for an abstract strategy game. But um, well, element I guess and you eco. don't like abstract strategy games as much as I thought. Plus shipping, Tiff. I'm not paying seventy dollars for an abstract game. That's where's ex- the dedication? All right, I'll do it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but these are the two games that I'm really kind of leaning into. I, I'm very much excited for them. I want to expand my abstract collection even more. Because I find that it's an area of the hobby that I, in particular, enjoy that a lot of other people don't. Like, I, I like this idea that I found my niche almost. Yeah, a lot of people think of you as our Ameritrash guy. But in all reality, you are an abstract guy. I love That's it. your thing. That's your I thing. I love it. This one so, does uh, look good. Yeah, it's it's a really nice looking production. Um, it's got so, Celtic knots all over yeah, it. all over it. Which just... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really into that, apparently. Yeah. Well, something that doesn't quite fit that bill. The exact opposite from Greenbrier Games. Zpocalypse 2 is officially coming uh, spring of next year. This was previously kickstarted. This is the that game that came out at the same time as Zombicide and didn't do as well. It's a more realistic, or I don't know if that's the word. It tries to be more realistic than Zombicide. Zombicide's like a beat em up kill em get experience points. This game right. is about salvaging materials and building like a a hideout yeah, to embarricating totally. yourself. I've told you that Zpocalypse is the first game I kickstarted, right? I didn't know that. No, I well, maybe you told me that I forgot. Yeah. It was the first game I kickstarted and it's very near and dear to my heart and forget about zombie side people. Zpocalypse is where it's at. It looks crazier, but it's like more story driven and I would say it's probably feels more realistic. Yeah, I like and- it. I'm sad that I missed this Kickstarter. Well, it'll it'll be available, and you might be able to hop on it now. I don't know if it's delivering or, or what's going on exactly with the fulfillment of the Kickstarter, but it will be available full retail soon enough. And I heard good things about Zpocalypse. Like, I never heard anything bad about it. It just it doesn't have the minis or the form factor that Zombicide had, so it kind of got squashed. But in terms of gameplay, it's it's really interesting. You're running around... You're still killing zombies, but it's got that more realistic element of danger and element of survival that Zombie Side doesn't really have. Zombie Side is about running around and stabbing things with chainsaws, which is still cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had Zombie Side. But... I would love to play Zpocalypse again. It's been a long time, but I had a lot of fun when I played it. And it's yeah. very like, the cards just have so much flavor to them. If you're like into that, it's good. It's a good All game. Right. A TIFF recommendation, not something that I expected, but hey, Bam. cool. Bam, I do love zombie games. I just don't like zombie side. I'm still trying to get rid of my zombie side, but I need to catalog all the crap first. 
<laughs> Tiff has a lot of zombie side if you're into If it. anybody's willing to just like go on faith that I have all the stuff, let me know. I'll send it to you for a price. Yeah, you should just offer it just like a mystery box of zombie side stuff. Like I'm pretty sure everything's here, but I don't know if everything's here. Give me $300. That's kind of what I want to do. Reach <laughs> out right. to me, people. Uh, another game from R&R Games, Ohm, coming in October. Uh, the reason why I was drawn to this is it's got a Euro feel where I believe you're trying to build a bridge or a cathedral. You're trying to mm-hmm. build a building. <laughs> That's not a real good pitch. Like, I'm not feeling it when you say that. It says something about moving a barge. That's what I remember. The interesting thing about it is there is a barge involved. That's not the okay. interesting thing. It's a cathedral. I was right the second time. What does a barge have to do with it? The barge has to do with the action selection, Tiff. Oh, Basically, damn. what happens is the action selection involves a, they describe it as a three by three grid of um, seated tiles. So you randomly place some tiles out and those are your action tiles. So on your turn, you use your little barge and you push the tiles in a certain direction And then the tiles that are left over are the tiles that represent the actions that you get to take. So you're actually doing this like physical manipulation of this three by three grid to try to gather the tiles that you want or be left with the tiles that you want in terms of your actions, which I thought was really interesting. I like that kind of puzzly tactile way to, you know, decide what you're doing this turn. It's not just these are my options. It's how do I actually manipulate this board to get the options that I want. So I thought that was kind of cool. It and does sound cool. And there just aren't enough barge games out there. Talk well, about there's a, a lot of cathedral theme. building games. They should have called this barges. Would have Instead really brought of in. Ohm. I don't know. I, both of those kind of sound bad. But I think the game sounds good. <laughs> they should have called it the barges of Ohm. <laughs> oh, that is actually good. I like it. Yeah. I can, I can, someone hire me. I can work for a game company. <laughs> It beats getting bit for a living. That sounds weird. If no one's ever lived this yeah, to the show. Yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't, you should probably explain that. People think I work in like a fetish industry. <laughs> I don't. I'll just leave it at that. Calliope Games <laughs> has Roll For It, and we all know about Roll For It. It's a popular little dice game. I bring it to Origins every year, and we play it at Barley's as a tradition because it's a dumb thing to do while you wait for your beer and your food. Roll For It is officially Target exclusive now, the new version at least, and the box has a window on it so you can see the cards. That's that's what's Matt, happening with Calliope Games. Matt, why are we talking about this? So Let's Green Couch about- Games has a game that is officially out on Kickstarter as of the the posting date although it's not out yet as a as of this recording it's called outlawed it's their new title it's from the same designer of Jurassic attack and it's got a kind of like a bluffing element you've got a hand of simultaneous you've got a hand of all the same cards everyone around the table and you're simultaneously choosing some and revealing them sounds pretty neat jason katarski the head of green couch games is a you know friend of the show friend of all of us and i love supporting his games they're always great. They're very varied. I appreciate everything that his company comes out with. So he deserves a spot on the old list. Uh, Outlawed will be on Kickstarter, so check that out. If this is the one I'm thinking about, it's got some really cool card art to it. From what I've seen, at least, I haven't seen the full Kickstarter page, but the art that's been posted already does look really good. And his games always come out on time. Production's great. So He's the man. We love shout Green Couch. Out, shout out. Yeah. Our show's too long. He doesn't listen to it. <laughs> Some uh, some hobby news before we get into Kickstarter Spotlight. 
the International Gamers Awards, the IGA, they had their nominations posted, and actually, I think just today, posted their winners um, of their in their general strategy category. So the multiplayer category went to Mombasa from Alexander Pfister, and the two-player went to Seven Wonders Duel from Antoine Bauza. So Dan and the International Gamers Awards, they, they sync up. Dan is an international man of mystery. That's true. So it That's makes true. a lot of sense. And I know he doesn't listen to it either. Not Dan. But uh, shout out to Joel Eddy, fellow reviewer and content creator. He's actually on the board of the IGA now as of this year. So I thought that was kind of cool. Very He's the cool. only one that I recognize. <laughs> so. so from now on, we're going to shout out to anybody whose name we recognize on anything that we read. Tiff, that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> you should see me assembling the news. I'm just like all over the place. I can Ultra tell. Pro acquired Playroom Entertainment. Playroom Entertainment is uh, the company that put out Killer Bunnies and yeah. a couple of different party games. Uh, Ultra Pro in the news because they're acquiring people. They acquired Jolly Roger Games, who put out 13 Days, one of my favorite two-player games of late, and a few other places, or a few other companies they've acquired. So Ultra Pro is going the Asmodee route. Everyone's consolidating, and it's super interesting for the, the hobby. Everything's forming umbrellas, and that's weird because now everyone's owned by the same people. Yeah, I don't know if that's good for gaming or not. I'm not sure. Dan Licata posted a good question over on the guild, number 2077, about this very thing. Not Ultra Pro specifically, but Asmodee, because they were buying up people left and right. And I don't, you know, I don't know if it's good for the hobby or not. I do know that my Cool Stuff games are way more expensive now, so I just buy them in the store. So I guess it has that effect. That's what they wanted, you know, protection for the FLGS. But other than that, I, you know, things are mostly the same. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tiff, some, some political drama in the board gaming community with Myriad Games, Dan Yarrington, uh, who also runs Game, Game Salute. Salute, although Game Salute's not involved, and Zev Schlossinger, Schlossinger, man, I butchered that name, that's not even a hard name, and Paul Girardi, who uh, Zev is behind Z-Man Games, they are suing Dan Yarrington over a breach of contract and fraud in relation to Zapped Games, uh, the opening of a, a board game retail store a little while back, and I actually read too much of the public record. The minute, like... I feel very informed about this. This I feel very uninformed. Fill, essentially, fill what the claims are, and I'm merely a reporter, and I might, be un, I might be uninformed, but I just read all this stuff, so hopefully I'm getting it straight. The, the TLDR is Dan Yarrington, Zev, and Paul Girardi entered into an agreement to open a retail store between Myriad Games and Zapped Games, like a, a joint thing. Mm -hmm. And Dan Yarrington did some shady stuff, closed the store, and walked out with a bunch of money and closed bank accounts and things like that without telling anyone and is claiming that he's got a reason for all of it. And the reason why he's being sued is because Evan Paul do not feel like he did lawful things. Huh. So... Well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Kind of weird. The community that I read, at least through BGG, on the news posting seems to be siding against Myriad Games' Dan Yarrington, but that's just from the brief forum posts that I was reading. So I don't weigh in one way or another. I don't really care. Stop stealing money. Or maybe you didn't steal money. I don't know. 
okay. be nice to each other. <laughs> Tiff, the most important thing and the saddest thing, Games Workshop and FFG have split. The license was not re- renewed, and FFG is le- losing over 19 titles from wow. their, their line. Anything that had to do with Warhammer, Warhammer 40K, any of the GW products are gone. I'm devastated. So game, big games like Forbidden Stars, you're never going to see your expansions for that. The Warhammer Conquest Adventure Card Game, which was quite popular. Not going to see any expansions for that, unfortunately. Uh, Chaos in the Old World, which is a fairly well-regarded Eric Lang game. Uh, the LCG Warhammer 40K Conquest, that is just like dead in the water which is crazy to see one of their LCGs and all the competitive play die out. And oddly enough, Fury of Dracula, which I did not realize was a GW product. Hmm. But luckily I grabbed all of these games. <laughs> oh, good So Lord. I'm not clamoring for out-of-print stuff. But Wow, now Fury of Dracula is going to be expensive again. Yeah. That's fun. It was just not expensive. So buy up your FFG GW stuff if you want it. A lot of good titles that have longevity even without future support. So, I mean, or the thing is that the the prices are, are going up. Oh, Tiff, get out of here. <laughs> we can move on. It's fine. Let's do some Kickstarter Spotlight. Tiff, have you taken a look at my projects here? I have. Okay. I mean, don't give me a quiz on them or anything. Well, the first one that I bring up is called Card Rogue. It's a tabletop roguelike. It is from Ryan Saunders, ending on September 24th. It is funded. It'll run you 19 bucks plus $8 shipping. And this is interesting to me because it is a tabletop version of a roguelike video game. Do you know what that means, Tiff? I do know what that means. Okay. It's like cool. a just... really hard video game that you, die, you die a lot, a lot. In. Yeah. yeah. And whenever you die, you completely reset. Yes. Go back to the beginning, beat it in one shot. So the whole reason, this game overall, it's cheap, which is cool. The price is nice. It's from an independent publisher. You know, he's hasn't created many projects he's not running under a company the production looks fine what interests me most is i I bring this up to kind of have a conversation about the idea that roguelike video games are super popular right now i i'm a ps4 player i find there are new roguelikes popping up all day long every day just all kinds of new stuff to play not my favorite genre primarily because it's built on randomness procedural generation really hard stuff I, you know, there's just a lot that doesn't quite fit the way that I want to seek out my video gaming, although I, I do admire them for what they are. Why hasn't this taken off in board games? It's like a direct counterpoint to everything we ever like and don't like in board games in that this game is like all about just random card flips and dealing with what happens. And that does not seem like a popular board game thing. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head why it hasn't become a board game thing. Board gamers tend to like strategy, right? It's not to say that video gamers don't. Is there something about the video game experience that makes it more tolerable? Well, video games are more, like, visual. And, like, board games are more about what's going on inside your head than, like, what you're doing, right? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know. This is why I ask. I'm not really a video gamer anymore. I don't really do that. It's not a thing. But I do think the whole roguelike business is interesting. I like watching people play them. Yeah. They're the kind of stuff that, like, people like to stream and do, like, crazy casts of... And and you watch them run and try not to die. It's great. But this game, so when you look at it, if if it wasn't called Card Rogue, a roguelike board game, I would say, okay, this is a game where you flip tiles randomly... 
you roll dice to hope you kill monsters, you die and go back to the beginning, and keep doing that until the game ends. Which would not be a good pitch, but once I say it's a roguelike, you're like, oh, okay. I guess it's thematic in that sense, but it still doesn't seem like gameplay that I want from my board game, although I'm fine with it from a video game. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why my head can't make that turn. I don't get why your head can't make that turn either. Your head's messed up. Well, does the game sound interesting to you? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't not sound interesting to me. I I mean, I worry because this is like one of those Kickstarter projects that's like a real Kickstarter project. It's a passion project from someone. You know what I mean? It's yeah. This is not like a huge board game publisher putting something out and you know you're going to get it and you know that it's going to not turn up 20 years from now instead. So, you know, there's that part of it, but... I don't know. I think I would like to try having that experience in board game form and see if I find it more frustrating or less frustrating. I would guess more, but I would like to try it. Out of all of the Kickstarter stuff that we're looking at, this was the one that interests me the most. Really? Does that surprise you? Uh-oh. This wasn't my pick for you for this week, Tiff. Yeah, I I, I know, but we'll I'm a wild card. Yeah, I know. I can never pin you down. It is a it's a cool, interesting game though. So something to check out. It's called Card Rogue, a tabletop roguelike. It's got a nice price. The page looks well done. The video is kind of funny and quirky. Uh, worth checking out if this interests you. I just backed one deck dungeon, and I think I'm gonna try that out before I jump into something like this. So we'll see. But uh, something that stood out to me mainly for that conversation point. Moving forward, the next one is Pentacore from Jason Tagmeyer and Button Shy Games. This is a Mike Mullins design. It'll be ending on September 17th. It is funded. It'll only run you 10 bucks, but there are some options to get some other games if you want to spend some more money. And this is an 18-card solo game about quantum mechanics, which is just all over the place. And it, originally when I was like, oh, okay, this is cute, and maybe this is about science and things like that, I'll click on it and see what I can comprehend. Turns out this game is legitimately about science, and I don't get it. So <laughs> this is a game that you can feel uppity about when you're like, yeah, I play Pentaquark, and it's about quantum sequencing and things like that, and I don't, I don't get it. I'm going to match the colors and hope the shapes come up right and hope I win. Yeah, that sounds like what I would do. I don't know. This might be a game that's worth backing because it's super cheap, and Mike Mullins is like the master of, like, solo stuff he's good he at is. it so i'm definitely I'm interested sure it's in fun. it this is one that i expect to be backed before the end of the episode by you tiff so i'll wait for the email is this the one this isn't the one i picked for okay. you but i did expect you to back it all right i mean it's mike mullins he's a he's a friend within the he is our little, uh, little group here our circle so we're fans i like button shy games like jason tagmeyer these are good people so the i game don't itself, like science that's the only <laughs> if problem. If you don't like science, <laughs> you might be in hot water here. If you watch the video, you actually get a pretty decent little mm -hmm. explanation on how the game works. Um, essentially, you're uh, flipping out cards each turn, and you're splitting the cards into different areas. And the cards need to... I'm going to mess this up with my science talk. They don't need to bond. They need to like equalize. You've got things and anti-things and they need to cancel each other out and that allows you to keep the cards and you're trying to flip the cards out and keep them and reshuffle them and like manage your deck in a way that eventually you can 
flip out the correct sequence. That that wasn't a great explanation, but that's literally what the game is. <laughs> so I'm trying here, Tiff. That's okay. You lost me. I'm too busy backing Nightmarium. Okay. Well, we'll get there. So if you <laughs> are interested in any of the other Button Shy games, you can add those onto your pledge. There's a lot of different options to get hold of their smaller. They you know they're great with their smaller games, um, like their Pocket Line, Wallet Line. So you can get a lot of great games that are cheap and that are easy to transport and actually have a lot of interesting gameplay. There's also a mini expansion for Pentaquark if you're interested in it. Adds a couple more cards and a couple more rules to try out. It's getting positive buzz. I think that this is an easy sell, um, especially if you like solo games or if you like you know cheap little quirky games. The big thing is, is that if you're listening to this now, you need to close your podcast app. Don't stop listening to us. Keep listening to my voice right now. But go to Kickstarter and back it while you're listening because it's about to end. So grab it while you still can. Moving forward, the game that I picked for Tiff today is called Nightmarium, and it's yes. good to know that she backed it. Oh, I not yet. You. I haven't clicked yet. No? All right. Yeah. Well, let me let me sell you on it. So Nightmarium is from... This is from Mosigra, which I, I've never heard of them, but I know that this game, Nightmarium, is actually popular already and fully produced in Russia. So I don't know if Mosigra is a company or like a pseudonym for an individual, uh, but it's it's a Russian title. I know that much. It's ending on September 29th, although if you look in my show notes, it's ending on September 29th, because <laughs> I put an ST. I don't know why I put that. It is funded. It is 15 bucks, and when I went to pledge, I do a sample pledge to see what the shipping rate is. This appeared as free U.S. shipping, so... That seems weird coming from Russia, but maybe they have a distributor set up. And the quick pitch for this is that this is creepy monster building. And while I don't think that this is a perfect game for Tiff herself, although she does like quirky themes, this seems like a really nice game for your game group, Tiff. Agree. Have you dug into it at all? I I um, watched the video and I've scrolled through and read and looked. I mean, really, it's all about this art. I just love it. I love every little bit of it. You for like 15 bucks? 15 bucks, it's worth just looking at it. The art is really nice. Essentially, what you're trying to do is you're trying to build monsters, and each monster has three levels, a head, a torso, and legs. You're playing cards from your hand. Uh, there's different factions or species of the monsters, and when you play uh, ones that match, you get bonus points and abilities and things like that. Uh, when you complete a monster, you get to use all of their special abilities and they can do things like behead other monsters or scavenge the body parts of other monsters you can you know let you draw extra cards or play extra body parts and you're just racing to complete a certain number of monsters first depending on how long you want to play Uh, the art is really fantastic it's got a very kind of creepy nightmarish style and especially when you start matching the monsters up they look they work really well actually whether you're you're fitting them with their own parts or not the only thing I worry about is it might be a little too scary looking for some of my younger gamers. Like, I wouldn't hesitate to put this in front of 8th graders, but maybe not 6th graders, just because some of it is kind of, like, scary looking. I don't know. I have sensitive children. I watched Edo's uh, preview of it, and he actually said the same thing. He's got little kids, and he said, I wasn't sure about putting it in front of my kids because... He was worried that it would actually be scary. Now, he said that the fact that you're kind of making them mismatched actually kind of softens it a little. They look a little sillier once you start putting weird heads on silly bodies. Uh, But when you build the regular monsters, they're pretty creepy. 
So leave it to Russia. <laughs> well, there go all the Russian listeners. Thanks, I'm Matt. Kidding. I just visited Russia. It was wonderful. I loved it. And they apparently make cool little card games. Uh, Nightmarium, 108 cards, 15 bucks. It sounds pretty cool. It's funded. And it's already a game that exists, so the, the delivery is going to be pretty brisk. You don't, won't have to wait too long, like my Conan that I'm still waiting for. Sorry. I get bitter when I open Kickstarter. Wow. That just came out of nowhere. I'm still waiting for it. A year well, and a half in the it. making. It's backed. It's done. You backed Nightmarium? $15. I don't know. I And it's like take that-ish, like, because you could behead other people's monsters and do all that kind of business, and my kids will love that. All right, Tiff, I got one more project for you. Oh, my gosh. I almost lost it when I saw this project. What was the emotion? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really more your description in the show notes. It says, so, like, in our show notes at the end of every Kickstarter thing, Matt puts, like, the quick pitch like a two or three word thing and his quick pitches they're bowls these are board game bowls people are they not bowls is my quick pitch inaccurate tiff it's a very accurate quick pitch <laughs> and i don't really think we need to talk about it because it's so accurate like they're literally bowls board game bowls are wooden bowls Correct. that you can use to put board game bits in it's a project from Nick Atkinson. It's ending on October 2nd. It is funded, and the price is variable because you can spend different amounts depending on how many you want, but the base pledge, 17 US dollars, will get you a pack of four small wooden bowls. And essentially what these are, do I, do I talk more about them? They're wooden bowls. They're very nicely crafted. They've got There's a- Three sizes. They got three sizes. Um, they're like a smooth wooden finish. They look like something that you pick up at like Pier 1 Imports. They're kind of you... shallow bowls. They're not they like are super shallow. deep. They come in themes if you want them engraved. You can get plain ones or medieval ones with a dragon. You can get cogs for your steampunk games or sci-fi ones that has like a little Corellian Corvette kind of thing. Pirate themed. So depending on how much you back, you can get different themes. You can get different numbers of bowls. They're actually fairly affordable, but that's probably because they're just bowls. <laughs> uh, you can get, you know, nine bowls for 40 bucks isn't awful. No, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like how far are you going to take your board gaming accessories with this? Also, I yeah. think the natural wood of these might clash with my space-themed mat, but we'll get into that. <laughs> when well, someone has sci-fi space bowls, let me know. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. they say that board game bowls have been designed to add class to your already sophisticated games. I, the, I think the, you that know what that's these are, true. Tiff. Hmm. These are Euro bowls. <laughs> they are. They are. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of people use things to put their game pieces in while you play. Like I have little plastic containers that I got at the container store. They're not classy for a dollar but they were a dollar, so I don't know. It really just depends on how classy you are. But if you back this, you should let us know how classy you are. Just like yeah. on a scale of 1 to 10, like I back board game bowls, and I'm at 9 of classiness. Yeah, let me know how many leather-bound books you have on your shelves of rich mahogany. Or if you have a monocle, let us a know. A monocle, yeah. Let me know if you have um, your own kind of like wine shelf or casks. 
of Amontillado in or, your basement. Or a wine cellar, just wine like if cellar. you have that. Yeah, that's even classier than I was thinking. Like on a scale, there's like you might have a wine fridge, but if you have a wine cellar, that is you are a ten plus. When you when you back these bowls and then you email us or hit us up on Twitter, let us know how many acres of vineyard you own and also oh. how many fancy cheeses you eat every night. <laughs> and just hashtag that classy bowls. Classy bowls. It like says it. wood is sophisticated. The texture, the smoothness, the weight, the scent, the sound of bowls hitting the table. I think I would just worry about people like touching my bowls and smelling my bowls. Like, hey, Tiff, we're, try- we're trying to play a game here. Get focused. All of these aspects are essential. <laughs> they ensure not only that board game bowls are functional, but they look and sound fantastic. I believe it. Just saying. Store your fancy Euro cubes in these fancy Euro bowls. You know what you don't see in there? You don't see <laughs> any Mansions of Madness monster tokens in these bowls. <laughs> You don't see any dice in these bowls. Because in order to get enough bowls for a game like that, you would have to spend a fortune. The serious bundle is like 80 New Zealand dollars, and you only get 14 bowls. That's not enough bowls. That's not enough bowls for a Lanius game. What am I supposed to do here? You don't see my Hyperborea miniatures in these bowls, Tiff. (laughs) You know what you could see? You could see my Tosh Kalar pieces. Yeah, those are very classy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and they're boring, and they would <laughs> they need some spicing up. I feel like these might be perfect for me for my abstract games. And if they don't work out for your game pieces, you could always use them for salsa or cereal. Maybe not. Maybe they're not food grade. We should, probably shouldn't say that. But do you think that I could back these and then send them a message after fulfillment that says, "Hey, I can't get these salsa and queso stains out of my bowls." <laughs> You didn't tell me these weren't dishwasher safe? I bet that's going to happen to them. I got queso in my dragon inlay. <laughs> yeah, I need directions on how to get queso out of the dragon <laughs> inlay. Well, I like it. I wish I was a classier gamer. It makes me aspire. Like, if I had a geek chic table, I'd be like, this is a good element to just add oh, yeah. to that. Oh, like, yeah. But I don't. I have a Costco plastic folding table with a giant space mat <laughs> on it. So, I mean, I you feel are like, essentially like you're the putting lipstick hillbilly. on a pig at that point. <laughs> oh, look at these. People would think that they were food bowls. They'd be like, oh, I missed the pretzels. <laughs> right. Man, Tiff, you got any more, you got any more ruffles? Any oh, more man. potato chips back there? Can of pop? Because you're from Ohio. We do say pop in Ohio. Yeah, you weirdo. You can get board game bowls and pop coasters. I like it. All right. All right. Let's <laughs> that, wrap this show up. That's enough of that. <laughs> this is what happens when it's late. We just talked for 10 minutes about wooden bowls. It's time to and go. We, all right. All right. All right. Well, thank you all. If there's anybody still listening, we appreciate you doing so. You're dedicated. I'm going to leave that all in the show, Tiff. That's not outtake material. <laughs> oh, no. That's quality reporting. You heard it here first. Probably not, though. If you'd like to discuss board game bowls further with me and the different things that you could put in them, you can do so on Facebook, facebook.com slash the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Shoot us an email, podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Check us out on YouTube by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Tiff, have you posted any videos recently, or should they just go watch episode 51 live? 
Um, they should watch episode 51 live. I need to get back on posting those Blender videos. I was yeah. going along there pretty well, and then I just, we hit con season. I was like, well, guess I'm not doing stuff anymore. I'm out. <laughs> and then work season. Now we're on to work season. So there's like a good one and a half months in there that I'm actually productive during the year. But yeah. the rest of it. So uh, check out the YouTube next year. Sorry. And you can... <laughs> Uh, you can also head over to the BGG Guild number 2077. We do have Geek Gold to give away if you would like a micro badge, if you're a BGG user and would like to rep our tiny Meeple Shield. You can do that. You can also contribute to the conversation. We just had our live 51st episode, and we had a lot of great contributions over there. We love user submissions, questions, segment ideas. We do a lot of dumb stuff on this show, and we are willing we to entertain your ideas. We need more dumb stuff, is what he's saying. Yeah, send us more dumb stuff. You can also find us on Instagram... We have uh, hashtag nonsensicalgamers if you'd like to see. I think we might be at the 1,000 posts mark for that hashtag. Lots of stuff going on. You can see what games we're playing. And I just downloaded a new app that allows me to make Instagram like video collages. So I'm abusing that. You can find me at Cinnamon Buns. Uh, you can also review us on iTunes if you enjoy the content. It does not have to be five stars. It does not have to be perfect. We accept constructive feedback. But if you like the show, we want to know how you feel about it. You can do so on iTunes. It also helps other people find the show because we have been doing this for two long years and we have like seven listeners. So we love you to death. Tiffany B, if people want to find you and they want to chat about board game bowls or Nightmarium or anything else that you have backed this episode, where do they find you? I'm on Twitter, at IneptGamer. I just hit 2,000 followers. What? So shout out to all my awesome followers. 2,000 followers? Yeah, just for me. They're all there for me. None of them are like bots or anything. They're all fans of the show. I'm sure of it. You should probably tweet the episodes more, Tiff. <laughs> I probably should. I should probably just tweet more in general. Like At this point, it's just the, the games I back. That's Can you all. just tweet? at cinnamon buns like don't put anything in the text just tweet my handle out and see just people will click on it and find me <laughs> that's so sad because i have not that many followers you could start a new twitter handle i had to start a professional twitter handle this week so i have like 10 followers on that one. Oh yeah are you suggesting that my twitter handle is not professional it's spelled stupidly Oh, what? So Dan's gone for the news episode, and all of a sudden you embody him? <laughs> well, someone needs to say it. I mean, spell it professionally. It's phonetically. No, it's professionally. Can you hear my I, dogs? They're yeah. They're going nuts. Well, then let's wrap it up. You can find me at Cinnamon Buns, spelled stupidly. The dogs agree. You can also find Dan at Scandalous underscore Nad or at League Nonsense. That is the league's handle. We appreciate you all joining us. See us next week for episode 52, where we will be doing more of your user-submitted dumb stuff. Tiff, say goodbye. Goodbye. And the dogs stop barking. Bye. Exactly. <laughs>